Rebels, season one, part two. Here we are. We have finished the first season of Star Wars Rebels. Whew, we did it. What a note to end on. Are you kidding? Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Hold on, hold on, hold yes. on. Pause, 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 pause. Um, I have to say, I know I'm supposed to be prepared. And, you know, eh, a little prepared. <laughs> but <laughs> I had a very busy weekend. It was a great weekend, but extremely busy and an extremely busy week. So we're going to wing it. I am prepared, <laughs> but I, this is probably the least prepared I've ever been for a podcast. And I feel like it might go fine and it might be a train wreck. Either way, here we are. We are going to do this. <laughs> I apologize to my co-host, Chris, for my lack of preparation and my lack of dedication to the podcast. I think you, you need to apologize for... Uh the editor future chris more than to your <laughs> to your co-host present chris i also apologize to future chris uh, if you're listening to this which i assume you are at some point future chris i sincerely apologize please forgive past rashad and present rashad for <laughs> <laughs> past rashad's lifestyle choices but here we are we have finished the first season of Star Wars Rebels. And I guess my first question for you, Chris, is how you feeling? Okay, I, I've been thinking about this. There are moments and things I like about this show and about this season. But I'm not sure I can say yet that I actually like the show. Which is kind of concerning. <laughs> But I just have hopes that it gets better from here on out. Again, I was I was going through my notes for all of these episodes, and at least in the first half of them, I just thought all of these episodes I didn't like at all. And <laughs> this is like, yeah, at the end it gets better, and I hope that's indicative of what's to come, especially with what happens at the very end. But it's not that I, like, again, it's not that I super dislike the show, but I can't say I, that I actively am, like, enthused about it the way that I was with Mandalorian or Clone Wars. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm, like, kind of tepid, I guess. As you should be, honestly. I think there, your point about the last half of the season or the last half of this half of the season that we watched, so the last few episodes... There is a huge tonal shift that happens. Yeah. And it, it largely happens with episode, oh crap, what is it? 13, right? So episode 13, Tarkin shows up. And the obviously it starts with Tar the Empire, March of the whatever. And <laughs> in my head it was the imperial march and flight of the concords at the same in the same time <laughs> so it was gonna come out as march of the concords yeah. and i stopped myself halfway through so it starts with that music the imperial march and it really is a huge shift from everything we've seen before in the season and i think that you're at a you, it makes sense where you're at and I'm, a, I'm at a similar place right now. There's a lot of unnecessary dialogue, very 
kind of kiddish writing, silly kind of banter between the characters that makes no sense. Some There are some things that are very much highlights. Obviously, 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 there's a few characters that come back that we love and mm. are going to talk about for sure. And it's not just only one. There's a couple of them that come back and it's very exciting. But it is co- sort of couched and caked in a silliness and um, a tone that is akin to the par- aspects of Star Wars that are not that f- not the parts that we like that much. Um, it reminds me of sort of prequely, I'd say more Ewoki than prequely in its tone sometimes, but similar aspects in the prequels too. But it is a sh- the, the first season is always this kind of rough ride, right? Um, think of you have to really think back to the Clone Wars before it really got good mm. and kind of remember those first few seasons i guess or even f- we didn't really watch much of the first season together but God, for a good reason <laughs> probably half of season one's terrible but maybe i should make you go watch that <laughs> and then <laughs> you'll be appreciating of the appreciative of this but i think you're in a good uh you're in a good place i think your your analysis is good you know it's not great quality but has highlights for sure and i i always point to that episode 13 where okay shit gets real tarkin shows up and oh okay things are happening now so mm. um there's a lot hap- there's a there's a lot of stuff to talk about in these episodes so and i think you're definitely right that's also something that when i was thinking about it i came to is that the tone is my biggest problem with this show right now because it's just it's basically more of a kids show than clone wars was because it's so much slapstick and there's no gravitas, no consequences for anything. It's almost like the it's almost like the uh, characters know that they won't die, that nothing bad will happen to them long term. And I find that almost unbearable. Yeah, I think there are two moments and both of them come in episode 13 where um, there is that that represent this tonal shift in the show. And it is when Tarkin orders the Inquisitor to murder the two um, Imperial officers. And he says, failure will have consequences. Mm. And that line in and of itself is a tacit, in my mind, a tacit recognition uh, that up to this point in the television show, there really hasn't been consequences on either side. Shit goes blown up. Some nameless you know, stormtroopers maybe die. And that's about it. No one has really passed away. Nothing's been happening. But now, here we are. This is what it is. And then, parallel to that, on the Kanan side, when he talks about getting ready for sacrifice and the need to sacrifice for the greater good in his turn. Basically, for better, to summarize, basically, what he said. And I think those two things really are bringing to light the risk on the side of the rebels and what we do find out at the end is the eventual connection to the larger rebellion and then the intensity that is coming up when Tarkin really dials a notch up to 10 and then obviously at the very end we have something that comes (laughs) Mm. that we see and that really kind of uh, 
at least for me, was like a holy shit moment in the way that it's like, oh, shit's going to get real now. <laughs> it's going to get very real. Yeah. You know, and so I agree with you. I think that the first part of this season is especially I'm going to reference episode 13 so many times <laughs> um, because I think it's a very important episode in, ter- in that in that sense. But I think the first half of this, the first three fourths of the season is just about setting up these characters and having them go on adventures, setting the foundations for some of their relationships. You have the Hera, um, Hera as being like the center of the entire group and the intelligence, the only intelligent one, honestly, on board. And their her love relationship with Kanan. You have the Kanan master apprentice thing, this fraternal relationship with Zeb and Ezra. And then obviously like Sabine being the baddest bitch on the planet. And or I guess the in the galaxy, I guess. But you have these sort of characters that kind of develop through these shows. Less development than you'd want, obviously. But here we are building up these characters, kind of the kind of rounding it out. And then then we start to continue with, okay, what's going to happen now, if that makes sense. That's how I see it. Um, but I'm curious as to how you will respond as well. I I was really confounded because I was thinking about Ahsoka and Amiga and how Clone Wars and Bad Batch managed to have these very endearing younger characters. And but Ezra is so unlikable in my opinion. Maybe that will change, but there were some heartfelt moments, but overall he's just a whiny little kid. Like the the way he acts is just like so know it all and just very unlike his age in a sense. He he both combines tr- the worst traits of people who are not his age and people who are his age. To to think of like the um the crew of the ghost, uh, you know, and we don't really know much about most of these characters, and the characters we do know a lot about. I don't really care about them except for Hera. I expected Kanan to maybe die like three times in these episodes. And I actually would have liked that in a way, narratively speaking. But it didn't happen because, of course, there are no consequences for anything. But we don't know that much about him. And it's also, he I don't find him that compelling of a character. There are, again, it's like with Ezra. There are a few things that, like a few glimpses at some depth that we that we can really see. But it then... With Ezra, there's always it's always then counterbalanced with something that is just goofy, and Kanan just recedes into the background sometimes, and that's really unfortunate, I think. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that in particular. I think that I agree with a lot of the points that you're saying. The one thing that I would add about what you said with Kanan is that guilt that he lives with that the inquisitor sort of brought up with his master telling him to run and calling him a coward and sort of Kanan running away from everything and i think that that arc in particular i find it i do find it interesting about him be living with the guilt of surviving when everyone else around him passed away and that being one of the reasons why he's locked himself up personally from so many things and also from to a certain extent the force and you can see as he sort of frees himself from fear to a certain extent. And he does say that to a cer- to uh, to really hammer that idea home when he says that I have nothing left to fear. 
there is definitely a moment where he sort of transcends and overcomes that and outwardly is able to become more of a person in the, in his right and then that that revelation of the guilt that he's holding then infers or not infers but informs us on the reason why he has been so reluctant to tra- uh, to train Ezra and also so bad at training Ezra because he has this insecurity about himself because of this guilt that is sort of raging within him. So I think there are layers to his character that are actually quite interesting, but he is generally a muted character for a lot of the times. And I mean, it's Star Wars. They're not going to kill off one of the main characters this early, you know, like, um, and to that extent, like to that note, think of like Clone Wars. None of the main characters died until fives. Mm-hmm. Right, and that was season six. Yeah, <laughs> so there we have to be comparing these along certain lines, similar lines to other shows, and not necessarily the heights of the show because shows build into things. And um, I think when I think about this show in particular, the first season, it is very akin to the first season or first couple seasons of Clone Wars that are mm. a little bit sillier. Um, but the the one difference is that the setting of Clone Wars is inherently more interesting because it is, you know, a galactic war battle characters that we're interested in inherently with Anakin and Obi-Wan and we're just learning more about them. And Ahsoka is a just much more likable main character than Ezra is. Like, I think a lot of the problems for at least the complaints that I've heard about Rebels and maybe some echoing some of what you're hearing is that the largest, a lot of the problems bubble down to Ezra. And Ezra being a little asshole. Mm. And I think a lot of, I mean, it's obviously it is warranted because he is really not a great guy or teenager, I guess. And also the voice acting is not that great. Well, it's, it's actually perfect for the character that is written, if that makes sense. Mm. because he's written as like a teenage brat and it sounds really like a good teenage brat if that makes sense um but that's just not the tone that we're going for we want to go for and one thing that particularly annoyed me about that or one of the episodes here i think it was in episode 13 again (laughs) um was the decision to have ezra give this speech to everyone and that was, I really didn't like that. Hera standing right there. Hera should be the one doing this, honestly. Mm-hmm. And not Ezra at all. But, you know, they want us to really like Ezra. And they really, they really, like, they really want to put him in the spotlight from a television perspective. So, yeah, maybe it's also, you know, the perennial Star Wars problem with who are your parents and his parents did it. And so maybe that's part of it as well. Yeah, for sure. There is a narrative circle there that is coming. He is stepping into the shoes of his parents. But it's right? all, that that is also done in such a poorly written way. I didn't like that at all. With all of these things that have the potential for character growth, that's almost like inconsequential because it's important for that episode and maybe the next one. And then afterwards, you don't really see that again. And maybe that just adds up in the end. But I don't really see that coming and it's also and it's also a shame that we we you know we do get quite a lot as you said about Kanan 
And I really like that, actually. We get a little bit about Ezra, too, but we d we basically know nothing about Sabine and Zeb, and I think that's kind of kind of a letdown. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's it's true that the season definitely does focus on Ezra and Kanan largely, and it doesn't it ignores some of the other characters who are in some ways more interesting or sh should or can be more interesting or have the potential to be more interesting, but we just don't know enough about them. Yeah, and I, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, voice acting here because. One of my major notes for this half of the season was that I really didn't like the act voice actors of Kanan and the Inquisitor. Specifically, when Kanan gets emotional, it's not there at all. Yeah. It's just it as flat, flat as the red. Yeah. As the rest of it. And the Inquisitor, when he tries to sway Ezra to the dark side, that has like no gravitas at all. And that was such a letdown. Yeah, the Inquisitor is not a great villain. Um, I think partially, partly, spoiler alert, that's why maybe they killed him at the end of the season. But yeah, I and don't even know. that, even that, like this, the thing he says at the very end is again such a pseudo ominous speech by a villain. You have no idea what you have unleashed here today. The there are far worse things than death as he is like engulfed in flames. And it's just like, who said shit like that? Honestly. I mean, that's a very Star Wars thing to say, honestly, though. I uh, guess. That's I guess very, so. that wouldn't surprise me at all. And they're just really just teasing the end, which I guess I should just say now that like they do, they're teasing the Vader reveal at the end. Yeah. And that it is Vader. And these episodes are just setting up Vader's entrance into the show. Because they referenced Mustafar the episode earlier, which is where Vader was this whole time. And they reference, um, that's not uh, said in this show, but that's uh, one of the canon stuff out there outside of the television shows that Vader spent a lot of time on Mustafar in between uh, uh, Padme's death on Mustafar. Yeah. Or, and then, and then this, the original trilogy. So, um yeah and that's something that i liked you know when they say at the very end of episode 14 mustafa's where jedi go to die i like that that's how you do ominous yeah episode 14 was great honestly yeah, i like uh, that but the and then the very 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 end of the episode episode 15 because of course you know what you know what chris you know <laughs> what know. someone's back oh my god she's back she's <laughs> so oh. here here's another train story but a funnier one because i watched uh i watched all of those episodes on my way back to uh, uh on my way to where i was going on that trip and at the very end when we saw ahsoka i i almost like like screamed out loud because of excitement but but of, i just like literally just caught myself because before like a hundred strangers would like stare at me Honestly, it would have been worth it. Yeah. I would scream in front of a thousand people for Ahsoka. <laughs> she is she is amazing. I'm so happy that she has shown up in this show. So, okay, did you have any idea like that it would be her at the end of the season? Luckily, I never really thought about it because, um, of course, you kind of uh, told me 
in in a previous episode that she shows up in Rebels. But I never thought about that. I was, I don't know. I thought like Fulcrum would probably be someone who is like a leader of the rebellion, which she might just be. But I just thought like someone more like, like someone like Bela Organa. Yeah, I think Bale would have been the first guess because he does show up earlier on as well. Mm, Yeah. But the fact that it's Ahsoka is amazing. Yeah, and I also just really liked when there was suddenly all these multiple ships coming out of hyperspace. I didn't see that coming either. Yeah, it's really that this is like, okay, now shit's going to get real. Mm. We have the rebellion now is around. So <laughs> yep. that, okay, now we're going to see something that we actually kind of care about. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, up until this point, we kind of, as you said, there's not many things that we should really be interested in yet. Mm. But now it's really the interaction of these characters and then what's going on with these like, okay, Ahsoka's here, Bail Organa's here. Let's hopefully they can write the ship. Yeah, for sure. But I, I was actually r- pretty furious at something that Fulcrum said in episode 14. Uh, if Ezra is caught, all hope is lost. And that just hate this. I hate these like chosen one narratives, which is funny because, like, that's what Star Wars kind of is about. But I hate this sort of thing. I don't know. It's just uh, I was just so happy to see Ahsoka. It was kind of weird to see her older, you know. Yeah, with her face like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and taller too. Yeah, I was like, wait, you're not the Ahsoka that I know and love, but that's okay because you're still Ahsoka, so I will uh, love you too. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, it's so nice. And okay, so now I can tell you something finally that now we know Ahsoka is Fulcrum, right? Yeah. Um, that she uses the name Fulcrum. Um, this is something that was revealed in Clone Wars season seven, actually, um, because Fulcrum was Anakin's subspace code name that he used throughout the Clone uh, Wars and she uses it now um, in connection to Anakin. Nice. So, oh my God, it's so sweet. I yeah, love it. They're, everything so about their relationship is back. Mm. I can finally talk about Ahsoka and Anakin again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. And it, speaking of, the fact that they revealed Ahsoka and then one second later revealed Vader, oh. it's a really nice like, holy yeah. shit. I thought like, the Empire couldn't be any more badass than, than when uh, Tarkin just like handed it to the the minister, the Inquisitor, and to the ISB guy. Like he basically like dressed all of them down, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> okay!" Like to the Inquisitor, that's pretty pretty badass. But then, of course, Vader shows up later. Yeah, and he's the ultimate tool to like like crank shoot up to 11 so yeah i can't i just can't wait after watching that episode i'm just like okay i want to see what happens now just mm. because it's it's, so it's good, yeah. characters that we're just interested in in a, in a different way yeah and i think that the shows and i think this is the biggest thing about clone wars this is rebels so far is that rebels centers a lot sorry clone wars centers a lot around characters that we already know and we're learning more about and they were adding sprinkles of new characters on top of it versus this is centered around something that we don't know and they're just sprinkling the things that we do know on top of it and that reversal in and of itself inevitably makes us more interested into clone wars from the get-go even if the quality is similar to at the beginning 
and to rebels because in rebels it's just like okay this is not that good and we don't care about these people so why am i watching versus yeah clone wars the beginning it's like oh this this show's not that good but okay it's anakin and obi-wan doing a bunch of shit with this oh Mm -hmm. who's this cool person ahsoka and maybe that's part of why the reception for this show especially at the beginning has been a little bit different for you yeah that makes sense um I'm not sure I 100% agree, but but uh, because I like ne- I never really liked Anakin to begin with, right? We have no reason to like. It's Anakin. not about like; it's about no. Yeah, I guess. Right? I guess so. Yeah, and also it's not about Anakin; it's also about all of connected to Vader. Yeah, because the whole of Anakin's journey is Vader's journey. So when you see things in the Clone Wars, at least for me, I don't really, I never really think of the prequel Anakin. All I think about is what does this mean for Vader? What does this mean for the turn? What does this mean for like the mm. whole, like the whole latter arc of his life? Yeah. So that's, it's maybe that's an interesting inherent psychological difference as to why one show is more appealing than the other. Um, over, uh, trying to overcome their early flaws, but Maybe one day you can go back and watch season one of Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if I think about it, I mean, the people that I did, or the characters that I did care about from the get-go were the people that I knew, right? So that's like uh, Hera and Chopper. I mean, Chopper is an asshole, but Such an asshole. he's just funny sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Sabine, because I mean, first of all, I think Sabine is great, but it doesn't hurt that she's Mandalorian, of course. I think so. that also is like it, we're inherently like oh a Mandalorian. <laughs> we're supposed to like her, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I think it's an amazing, like not amazing, but it's an interesting way to look at how these different shows appeal to us in different uh, differently, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But of course, there was also another return, triumphant yes. return in these episodes. Oh my God, Hondo Onaga's back. What? Oh shit, no. Lando's back. Lando's God, I got the name wrong. Sorry. I'm just like <laughs> Hondo. Lando's back. Not Hondo. Lando's back. Okay. Yeah. Lando is I don't know how how did you how did you think about Lando's uh performance? I hated that he was here. Uh, he is not good. I really disliked that good. entire episode. The only thing I liked is when Hera punches him in the face. Yes. And the whole thing at the end, because Lando is not smooth as we love him, but he's just a cocky asshole. <laughs> That's what yeah. he is. He is an asshole. Yeah. He is and not the Lando that we know, I guess. No. Um, he's not even the Lando from the fucking, uh, from the fucking uh, solo movie. No, not at all. It's a very disappointing Lando return, yeah. honestly. And the I forget the name of the fat guy who oh he was so infuriating he was worst. he was almost like gungan king yeah level almost that bad honestly yeah. the only thing i like about that episode in particular is it's the episode's really not about lando even though lando's there it's about hera yeah and hera's like showing that hera is just the freaking boss and the only mm-hmm. intelligent person and like she's the one who should be always negotiating things and putting everyone and especially Kanan in his place for betting chopper and creating this <sighs> shitty situation and that was pretty funny i gotta yeah. say <laughs> that, Honestly, especially a chopper's reaction of course 
Yeah. <laughs> Chopper was really funny in that yeah. episode too. So I think it's really Hera is the one who shines in that episode. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because you have all of this super boring thing where Kanan and Ezra are like dislike Lando because they're jealous of him and, and they feel threatened by him. And that's just also a form of like masculinity that I just hate. Yeah. Because they're so possessive of uh, Hera and Sabine. And it's like, yeah, no, yeah, you yeah. don't get to do that because like they're mine. Like she is mine sort of thing. And yeah, it's it's not a great look. But yeah. honestly, like, I'm trying to think about Lando in the original trilogies, mm. right? He's kind of similar in that, like, way he treats Leia. Yeah, absolutely. Where he is, like, borderline sexually assaulting her, and then mm. Leia has to put him in his place to a certain extent, similar to how Hera has to put him in his place. I mean... Hera, this is going to be blasphemous, but I think Hera does it in a more badass way <laughs> by literally <laughs> punching him and stealing his shit. And yeah, um, but I th I would have loved if they still stole the pig as well. Honestly, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, but the, like the pig is also kind of I love the pig. Honestly, I thought that that was really like it was a cute design, and I liked the idea. It's just the slapstick in here was like one of the like one of the more infuriating things because that's what caused them to get discovered. But everything's great in the end, so nothing has consequences. Yeah. But I lo I love at the very beginning when we see Chopper pushing the the fuel away. I love that he's just there in the background all the time. <laughs> that was just <laughs> hilarious. There are little things in this episode that are interesting. Yeah. Um, I also, the one line that I do like is when Zeb screams at the pig. He just says, hey, pig. And yeah. Then <laughs> yeah. The worst, or the worst line of that episode is probably when Lando calls himself an, a galactic entrepreneur. And I oh. just was ready to throw up. Oh, this like constant toxic masculinity, like dick measuring yeah. contest exactly. between him and um, Ezra and him and Kanan are just so terrible, honestly yeah god i was so glad when that episode was, was over yeah no 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 <sighs> it's yeah, absolutely terrible do you maybe make want to make a cut here and then we talk a little bit about those four episodes so we can change we can save up the good episodes for last yeah let's talk about these episodes before we move on just because there's definitely this clear shift at what episode chris episode 13 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there's, you know, there's interesting stuff happening in these episodes, I would say, but overall the quality is quite low. I I do like the Jedi Path episode where he does go into the the thing, but I find the visions, I like the vision, I like visions when they're more let's say ambiguous, mm. not on the nose, but I did like the vision of Kanan dying in front of him mm -hmm. because I found that his helplessness is is part of his insecurity as well. And that relationship is really important for them, for that master Padawan relationship. So I, I kind of like that aspect. And of course, I was happy with Yoda coming back because Yoda is Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, I was very, very confused, though, about the timeline. Because if he appears at, like in this form, that means he must be dead by now. So that's after the beginning of episode six. 
No, I don't think that it's the form of his death. I think it's him just communicating from... Mm. Uh, I guess Dagobah or whatever. Oh my god, I, yeah, I just forgot the name of Dagobah, so I was sorry about that. <laughs> so I don't think it's him being dead right now i think because by the time he dies don't forget that he has uh, i mean according to episode six at least he has the full form he's able to communicate or kind of show up in his full form so i think it's my understanding this is headcanon entirely that when they were connected to the jedi temple they connected with the the larger force more fully and then yoda was able to sense that they're there from dagobah and was able to communicate virtually essentially with them so that's how I understood it, especially because, like, you know, by episode six, he does know how to, you know, keep mm. his form intact after death. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there were actually quite a few things about this episode that I liked. Jedi meditations are usually really cheesy, but I love that Kanan knew all along where the temple was or like that it was on Lothal anyway. I love that. that. That kind of reminded me of episode eight, the movie with uh, the training sequence with Ray and Luke. Yeah, no, I did like that. He he knew exactly where the temple was the whole time. And he was just playing Ezra and it is really good. You know, it's fun. It's funny training method as well. Mm. I, I like the illusion in the very beginning. Uh, I like Ahsoka and Anakin being kind of similar that Ezra and Kanan are too. Ezra has the sh- same shortcomings that canon did when he was a padawan and all of that i like that i love the design of the temple there was a brief exchange when ezra is entering it that i really liked where ezra said what am i looking for canon says everything and nothing ezra that doesn't help and canon i know and then the the door closes that but that's all what uh my master told me and I really like that. I really like that uh, because that really gives us a glimpse into into Kanan's helplessness as a teacher and his growth throughout this episode because he tells Yoda later on that, you know, he doesn't feel ready to train Ezra. And, and I really like that. Like uh, He is also like confronting his fears to an extent here. No, to a large extent. It's, it's him... This is just as much as Kanan's journey as it is Ezra's journey. And we learn later on it's in this season, it's because he has this guilt of survival, the survivor's guilt to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about confronting fears, and you, you mentioned that you liked that Ezra has this connection to animals, but I really hated that in episode nine, they have him confronting his they have him confront his fears that way yeah that was not well done honestly yeah kind of cheap lazy writing in my opinion also you know i just quoted some good writing and now i just want to quote some bad writing from episode nine um between sabine and ezra <laughs> everything between them is terrible i know it is terrible purpose your statement with that yeah, and Sabine just said, so you literally, this is what she says. So, your parents, do you really believe they're dead? Which is which is which is bad. Just like just that is bad, but then Ezra is worse by saying, Yes, no, I don't know. Does it matter? Ugh. Ugh. So bad. And I just I don't know. It's, uh, every time I write something down, 
it's either because I love it or because I hate it. And it's never anything in between. It's always something that just That's interesting about this show. It's a very roller coaster ride experience for you. Yeah, it really it really is. And even with Path of the Jedi, right? I just mentioned like there are so many things that I like in this episode, but I'm not sure I like the episode like the episode itself. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. But yeah, the visions I don't know. They were so obviously f like just visions. And I mean, it gives us a, an insight into Ezra, but there's nothing there that we didn't really see before. Yeah. And so it just hits us over the head with it. Leave it to the audience to maybe, you know, think about certain things and put the pieces together. And they just do the opposite here. Yeah, I, I mean, it's totally true. That's why I said I like the first part of the vision more than the second part, because then it really gets a little bit too much, honestly. Um, but I think this is probably the strongest episode of the three, because the Lando episode, of, as we've discussed, is a nightmare. <laughs> and yeah. the one about or with Travis, the only thing that I like about it is, is Hera honestly being able to deduce the problem and then chopper being like a badass motherfucker which <laughs> chopper is so fucking good but oh one line that i do like in that visions of hope episode is when um callus comes in and he like he's like oh the jedi and then he looks at him and at ezra and says padawan jabba and then continues yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i found that just a such such a funny reference to like how he called himself Jabba the Hutt in, yeah. in the last part of the season. So that was a really fine episode. Or not fine episode, but fi funny line. But Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I do love an unreliable vision, right? Yeah. That's always yeah. fun. But I mean, in this case, it was so obvious. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it's, and it's also the vision was too concrete in my mind. Mm. Uh, so it was a very weird vision because it just it seems pseudo realistic yeah i don't know i didn't like it uh you know it's okay like in the end there's a few things like i like the 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 cadet that he was with uh and the fact that he's still in the empire right mm. raising like kind of getting promoted and he's a spy within it which is cool obviously chopper being awesome oh my god i hated the banter between him and sabine when he asks her you know what i smell like oh i oh, i forgot about that it, i just like blocked that out of my mind it was absolutely miserable <laughs> yeah. honestly oh that was so, so bad. mad and then also yeah. um at one point kanan says like that's not the ride we're looking for or whatever yeah. and i was like all right the first reference this <laughs> season was fine yeah but are you kidding me now like <laughs> calm your fucking shit man it's whatever i think that's my catchphrase at this it point. is it really is <laughs> yeah i'm um, I'm really i'm really curious about the the friend the cadet and i i mean you can't say anything to that but i assume that he will probably play some role later on maybe he will like relay some important information maybe he will even betray uh ezra uh, something like that but I've, i i have a strong feeling that might not be the uh the last time we've seen him or maybe he becomes the next emperor right maybe. palpatine 2.0 yeah but anyway we should continue yes to greater things 
And those greater things come in the last three episodes of this season. Episode 13. Aforementioned episode 13, (laughs) Call to Action, where Tarkin shows up. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And he is determined to prove that Kanan is not the Jedi that he claims to be. And he starts to whip people into shape, killing people who have failed in the past and threatening others with death, especially the Inquisitor. And that's like, holy shit, when you have the power to threaten a force user with death, if you fail, like that's that means you really have your shit together, basically. The last three episodes are like a contained arc and are pretty good, I will say. They're Fucking finally yeah. like an arc and a good arc at that. Yeah, and with consequences and with like uh, pushing to the future. Now we're getting excited for the, the the stuff coming down the line, I hope. Yeah. But here we are. These episodes, I think, are, you know, pretty good. They obviously still have some of the problems with the first episode, the first few episodes. Some of the tone is not that great in some of it. Uh, the the quippy humor is a little bit odd. It's, it's muted, though, in these episodes, I'll say. Shit gets a little bit more serious. For sure, as Tarkin gets in on the Imperial side as well, we I like to see more of that. I don't like it when we just see the God. Okay, a side note: I hate the name Bucketheads for stormtroopers. It's so annoying, especially it's like because clankers. Like, oh yeah, it is just like clankers. I I do like you know Chopper's a real fucking asshole. so hilarious (laughs) when he pushes down that droid because he gets jealous yeah i laughed out loud it's it's hilarious it's so funny honestly yeah and but speaking of assholes ezra is a dick when he talks to hera about like sacrificing and like going back for kanan and and not leaving him behind the way he talks to her and is unacceptable i would say it's absolutely ridiculous i mean they know that i don't actually do the other members of the crew know that they're together like they're in a relationship i'm pretty sure they like they must at least embraced in front of the others they must i mean they haven't done it on screen so that i'm not sure what do you mean have they because they haven't embraced on screen have they sure they have i mean they haven't kissed but they have definitely embraced Oh, have they? Okay, sorry, I have no idea. Yeah. Okay, but he the way he's talking to someone who just left someone they love behind. Ugh, it's you're you're not that important. You're not the center of the universe. But obviously, a teenage boy at fifteen that's been on a nosehone for forever, of course, he thinks that. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, it's it's kind of accurate, but it makes me so mad. But I get it. But it's like this weird back and forth. <laughs> Yeah. The one thing that I really like about Ezra is there's literally like one sentence that he says that I liked in episode 13. Every time we r- we win, we lose. I like that a lot. That's a nice line. That ex- expre- expresses this frustration that can later be turned into hope, right? Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. And like Tarkin also obviously says, you know, the jet like a jedi represents hope and that's why we can't have a jedi here basically yeah it's so smart honestly and also the the note about them not killing anyone the no casualties and yeah them yeah have honor or principles Mm -hmm. that's really really smart and by tarkin he's a good leader villain kind of person much more than callus especially when he talks about like the the old days when he knew the jedi i kind of like that 
oh my god yes like i knew the jedi and their flesh and blood it's mm-hmm. so good and it's like it makes me think immediately of his experience on the citadel in, yep. in the clone exactly. wars and i'm like yes I like we've that. been there yeah it's really cool honestly mm. but alas uh, so it's interesting actually these episodes and i think one of the things that's best about it on the imperial side uh, in particular is we've replaced callus and the minister with tarkin essentially and that's so much better improvement and at the very end obviously tarkin and vader so it's like okay all right guys here we are let's <laughs> yeah. do this yeah i mean obviously none like we didn't like the minister at all oh she's so annoying yeah, I know. I know. Like when she when she popped up in episode 12, I immediately thought of you. And uh I kind of like Callus, but he was he was just useless. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, Callus is fine, but I don't dislike him. Yeah. A foe to be like tricked basically most of the time. Yeah. I kind of like, you know, the whole through line that Ezra is afraid to do the transmission because what happened to his parents and that he doesn't want to lose the like his friends but that was just so on the nose it's like no like show us that don't just say that it's again very prequely yeah Ugh. i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's all good it's all good there were there were some payoffs so yeah and i, I mean i do, did like that they're like trying to rouse people on lothal against the empire i really like that part of it and especially Tarkin's, I think he says it to Kanan at the very end of episode 13, you don't know what it takes to win a war, but I do. And I was just like, yeah, that's Tarkin as, at, his, at his best. Honestly, yes, it is. It's so good. So good. Uh, I love Tarkin so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy how like, Tarkin is really not on the screen so much. I have we say I say this every time Tarkin's back on like <laughs> our screen, like yeah. in the shows, but it's incredible how they've developed such a great character in such a short time. Yeah, and exactly. They don't show him all the time. It's just, you know, they use him wisely, and that's is the great strength of someone like him. Especially because we see like he obviously threatens the Inquisitor. We've seen him threaten Darth Vader. Yeah. And that's just exactly that. That's literally he's literally the only person in the entire Star Wars universe that can do that to a Force user. Except for oh yeah, the, a non-Force user. Except yeah, the only the, yeah yeah, yeah the Emperor, exactly the only the only like the only non-Force user who can do that to a Force user on any side, really. Yeah, you're right. It's incredible. I mean, I guess Han tells Luke what to do, but I mean, he is kind of a more grown, like a little older than Ezra, but like in he is. The thing is, Episode Four actually is like Ezra. Like Episode Four, Luke is kind of like Ezra. Yeah, exactly. And just with maybe some seventies sensibilities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a little toned down, right? Yeah, that's that's why uh, Lando doesn't get punched, for example, by Leia, <laughs> too. So. I was. I think it was a really interesting thing that we see Fulcrum telling Hera to abandon Kanan, and she does. Yeah. And for for a second, I liked you know this thing where everyone else is working behind her back to save him, uh, and then the reveal and everything that was like kind of funny. You know, I'm really grasping for straws here, but 
um Visabo too like he plays Ezra like a fiddle he really like, does <laughs> Ezra's so stupid here like, yeah I'll do anything you say basically so what did you think about the lightsaber battle on the platform between Kanan and the Inquisitor I really liked it that was definitely the best fight we've seen so far and like Kanan with two lightsabers is a badass for sure Especially with the one with the bullets, too. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Especially Ezra's reaction. Oh, you can do that? Oh, yeah, 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 that's cool. I don't think it's, like, one of the great battles. But, you know, it's solid. It was fun to see, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's good to see this moment. You're like, oh, shit, this is actually really cool. And it did end with the death of the villain, I guess. Yeah, and I guess he did that because he knew, like, if he if he survived, then, like, Vader would kill him regardless. Yeah. Oh, right. no. Vader would torture him and then kill him. Yeah, but exactly. I yeah, I think also that Kanan, the way he reacts when he thinks Ezra's dead, I found that very emotional for Kanan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a nice, like, oh shit, this is going to get real now. When he has both lightsabers and stands against him, I was actually surprised that he didn't actually kill the Inquisitor. Mm. That would have been kind of cool too. But, you know, alas, he is still a Jedi. And so he mentions the Inquisitor in like the t- interrogation sort of mentions the last word that his master said to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And his master told him to run. Yeah. And he, he tells him, he calls him a coward for running. And it, it's really interesting. It's like, is he a coward for running for his no, life? I'm, I'm sure so. he feels that he must feel mm-hmm. that at a certain level though. And I found that a very fascinating look into that survival's guilt psychology. He was in no position to fight back, I assume. Yeah, one and, would assume, right? Yeah. And he does follow the orders, right? So, uh, like, from a soldier's perspective, there's nothing you can say. But, of course, there's guilt there. Like, I get that for sure. Yeah. But it's just like, what else are you going to do? And, like, calling him a coward as well, it's, again, one of these, like, hyper-masculine bullshit things. But also, like, it's an interrogation technique. To yeah, of course. of course, Yeah, yeah. He tries to yeah. break his spirit. And that's probably more effective than anything else they've tried. So, Yeah, honestly. Cause, but also, this whole thing is only, not only possible, but couched be- or s- set up because Hera is the mastermind for this. Hera knows everything. Kanan knows nothing. Yeah. And that's so freaking smart. God, I can, like, Hera's the best honestly <laughs> and it's like it also explains why at every mission Hera's in the ship and not on the ground with them because mm-hmm. Hera is the only one they can't afford to get captured everyone yeah. else can it's absolutely it's just so genius such a genius structure all set up by her ah Hera just more of you in my life please I mean from a different perspective you could maybe say that's a little bit manipulative right like but it's on purpose. I mean, Kanan does that yeah, of course. on purpose, of course. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he knows that because he has to be the one on the ground to yeah. take the brunt if, if needed. So. Especially because he is in the spotlight anyway because he's a Jedi, right? Exactly. Yeah. He's always going to be a target. Hera less yeah. so. And also he can always, he can be one to defend and protect while she whisks mm-hmm. people away. Literally for that situation that came up. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think about the uh, colorful tie? tie fighter sorry oh i was like was someone wearing a tie no. yeah the tie fighter yeah eh, it's whatever i kind of like it's cool it's fine but i'm not just like i'm not enthralled by it but yeah. sabine is cool with all her graffiti so 
that's my only yeah again we have the the very first sequence where she fools all of the stormtroopers and it's again one of these things it's just God, like that you was know so terrible no, i know nothing is gonna happen uh and it's just gonna be ha 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 is this not a f- just a funny montage sort of thing and it's like oh come on but i what i did like was the two stormtroopers that who then get blown up unfortunately where one of the says like not again that's not, that's not regulation and the other one i kind of like that like later on when they oh blow yeah up the yeah, yeah. that was fun i like that one too for sure that line yeah then of course at the end we get the cavalry coming up and saving their asses and we get Bail Organa and Ahsoka, and we are now in the midst of the rebellion, I assume, and that's gonna be fun. I'm so looking forward. Like I said, I did just I know in the beginning I said I didn't like I don't really like this show yet, but I I still wanna I can't wait to watch the next few episodes. So Oh, that's so yes, it's amazing. Uh it makes me it makes me happy that you're still excited. Yeah. Because that's my sure. biggest fear. Yeah, I mean, if the if the second season is going to be like similar to this one, I will be kind of unhappy. But I've committed to four seasons. I think it's going to get better. It has to. I will say nothing. I know, but we have Ahsoka now. We have Vader now, and that's just going to be very interesting. So there's that. There is that. And on that note, next time we get together, we will be watching episodes one through eight of season two of rebels so rashad if people like what they heard and they like us and they like this show and they want to help us how can they do that rate and review us on apple i almost said itunes again (laughs) apple podcasts or spotify and give us five stars hopefully and yeah and if you ever want to get in touch there are like a bunch of ways you can do that all of which you can find at Reallyhook.com. All of our website information is on our website. Of course it is. Our email <laughs> is also there and on Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. Please uh, send us a message if we think we're doing well. Send us a message of things we can improve. We're always looking to get better. So thank you very much. What is it called? The freaking guy who kills people. Inquisitor. Sorry, I was going to call him the Inspector. So, Kanan lives with the guilt that the Inspector... (laughs) No, no, his... uh, Not his voice. His freaking breathing voice. His breathing voice. (laughs) His breathing voice. I see. (laughs) We breathe with our voice, yes? (laughs) No, I think we breathe with our lungs. I don't know how shit works, man. I'm not a biology student.